Welcome to Getting Curious. I'm Jonathan Van Ness, and every week I sit down for a 30-minute conversation with a brilliant expert to learn all about something that makes me curious. This week, the question is, who gave you permission to be so cute with my Queer Eye co-host, Karama Brown? Well, kids, are we recording? Can we keep that part? I love that. It's so natural. It's so organic. Keep We're it. Annie Leibowitz. We're fucking Annie Leibowitz. Yeah, but you can't talk because I'm going to do a gorgeous introduction right now. Good. Hmm. Kids, we have a, such an exciting guest this episode. I'm so excited to announce my... What are you doing? What are you... <laughs> just, I can already feel it. I can already feel it. You guys, gorgeous Karamo's here. I'm so excited. Oh my god! I when you know what it's funny, Karamo. I always used to do episodes of Getting Curious where I would try to incorporate like Instagram lives and like yes. little like um, and then Colin would just want to kill me because it doesn't work and it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I'm, not I love putting, that. I'm not putting it up. I just want to grab a no, phone. no. Like I love that you I'm do, but I just it. mean in general, it's like this thing that I could never really quite figure out. Like my brain can't wrap itself around it. Karamo, how was your day? My day was phenomenal, and um, I'm so happy to be here. You know, I love getting curious. And on top of that, I love you so much. I just um, confessed to Jonathan that he is truly my boy crush. You tell me that every time I see you. Well, because I think you're one of the most gorgeous men I've ever no, seen in my life. No, because you know what? It's like when people say, to be honest, and it's like, uh, stop saying that so much. No. So have I not told you since the very first day we met in casting that you were the one of the most beautiful men? I know, but you made me feel that so much. I already know that you feel like you're like, I always feel gorgeous because of you. <laughs> all you do is like give me like verbal affirmations all the time. Sorry, it's the truth, you know? Are you wearing some, you got some like, did you change your... My makeup? Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yes, did you I switch did. to Fenty or something? I did. No, I didn't switch to Fenty. I switched what, to... Um, it's more golden. Yes, I'm doing a golden undertone It's more now. golden. It's pretty. Thanks for noticing. Yeah, I love it. It's really pretty. Um, yeah, I'm doing... What's um, what's the company you told cover me? Cover effects. Cover effects. Ah! This entire time. I'm using cover effects. Yes. I love cover effects. Because it's makeup with skincare in it. So I got to tell you something. You have been telling me to use cover effects since, what, eight months ago? Can and I also I was just like, say... Let me just say... This is not an advertisement. Like, yeah, I, this is not. They do not pay me. I, But my best friend, Patty, works with them, and I love them because they have skincare in all of their makeup. Yes. So it will not It will not further any of the problems that you're trying to prevent from wearing makeup in the first place. Yes. yes. So anyway. And so, yeah, so you've been telling me to wear a cover effects, and, but I'm really brand loyal, so I had my makeup that I was like, go. And especially since I do full coverage and a light beat, yeah. I don't like to okay, but you, switch. But you know those are... Uh, can, those are fighting statements. <laughs> you can't have full coverage. Full coverage and a light yeah. No. I you, have a full, you, have I a, you have a heavy full coverage. <laughs> <Okay. video>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love uh, it. Thank you. No. But also you make it, you don't make it look heavy, honey. Thank She's you. gorgeous. Thank you. Listen, I look like nothing but a BB cream, I, honey. I, thank you. I'm yeah. one of those gays that I have no shame in it. Like for some reason we like to shame. You've known me since day one. I'm always like, yeah, there's makeup on my face. And like, which is gorgeous. Yes. Um, but anyway, so I was with Patty and. Oh my God. It blows my mind that you literally. Literally, like, went to the, like, oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. That's just, that She was right. so, I mean, like, everybody, if you don't know Jonathan's best friend, Patty, you have to know her. She's just the sweetest person. But it makes sense why you two are best friends. Because you both have such sweet, kind energy. Seriously. She, she, if you guys see my Instagram, she's the girl who I do the Beyonce dances with sister. Yes. It's her sister. Yes. Yes. Because that girl who do I do the Beyonce dance with is now my, she's like my really best friend, but then Patty's my best friend, but then like now her sister too is like my, she just helps me with my life. She's like my assistant now. It's like so fierce. Yeah. But only because like I can't schedule my life, but this isn't about me. This is about you. And that actually leads me to the question of this episode, Mm -hmm. which is who gave you permission to be so gorgeous with Karamo Brown, (laughs) which is actually another way of asking like, 
Where is you from? Like, what's your story? Why are you so cute? You know, you know. What had happened was, uh, is you were born on a on a on a winter day. I was. Um, actually, I was born on a really really rainy day. Uh, in 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 Houston, Texas. In Houston, Texas. To Jamaican parents, my Do- mother and father are Jamaican. They're Jamaican and Cuban. Um, my father's half Cuban, and uh, which I don't think a lot of people know that. No. Yeah. In my mind, he was just like a gorgeous Jamaican. He's a Rastafarian, but he's half Cuban. His father's Cuban and mother's Jamaican. Cute. Yeah. See, that's a little information. Yeah. Um, and my father. This is a funny fun fact. Um, my birthday is November second. My uncle, who, and I'm the youngest of four girls. My uncle, who's the youngest of four girls, um, is November the 1st. And my grandfather, who's November 3rd, is the youngest of four girls. Cute. Isn't that crazy? Anyway, my mother was at a birthday party for my uncle, November 1st, drank too much, went into labor, and had me on a rainy day. Wait, okay, my (laughs) my mom... Also may or may not have been frustrated on the night before my birthday, <laughs> 31 years ago. And she actually had like two very large margaritas the night before she had yes. me. She was in very much pain. Um, and, and I was like, Anne, which is actually my grandma's name, but it's what I call my mom. She's acting a little extra. I say, Anne, um, I was like, you're so lucky that they didn't like breathalyze you with your drunk ass. Well, you know, back then it was a little different. Like, I think you could like smoke a cigarette and drink like I, I mean, know. obviously, I turned out very smart, and, yeah. and as did you. Yes, yes. Maybe that's the key. We should start advocating for that. I don't know. I don't think it's like not So, but those are your baby parents. Yes. And you grew up in Houston, which is also where Beyonce is from. Yes. I actually tell people that Beyonce and I were best friends at the age of three because we lived in similar neighborhoods. So who knows if we actually played in sandbox together? You honestly could have. We could have. Yeah. And like she and I could have been so best friends. We would have cried when we left each other. In my mind, that happened. Let me tell you one thing really quick. Okay. When she was in... No, you, why do you have a, that? I wish you guys could see the little face that he just made. He seemed like he got, all I was going to tell you was, is when I was in seventh grade, Destiny Shaw came to my junior high. No, you're joking. That's all I was going to say. No, what do you think my face would meant? I didn't have well, anything. Well, because I said, let me tell you something. And oh, you no, no, like, no, 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 no. No, I'm sweating. Oh, and you know, you I never sweat. <gasps> you know, it was so scary. <laughs> I'm not talking about this show, but this is just like really organic. It just happened. I was so scared when we did Wendy and... Um, Anthony didn't know what how you doing, Matt. Oh and my you, But you saved him so hard. Well, that's what we that's do. What we for do each for each that's other. That's what we do for each we other. Save each we save each other. other. We get up and then we're saving babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we deserve a little baby to save each other. Yes. Um. So you were born in Houston. Yes. Um. You were coming up through that talent search thing that Beyonce, Beyonce did. Her, you yes. guys were both at the mall. Yes. She got shut out. You didn't even make the televising. Which I did not. Hold on. Seriously, you actually came to your school. And yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. They did. And it was it was like two weeks before. Say my name exploded. Um, Beyonce had a uh, mirror on her private. It was everyone was in purple. You know, at that time, you know, at that time they all did the same colors. But they yeah. would do like Michelle would be giving you like a tankini yeah. top with like a skirt, and Beyonce would do like kind of like a power suit. Yeah, you know, with like yeah. everything all cut out. Yeah, you know, they were all doing like different moments. Oh, Tina Knowles. Yes, yeah, so it, it was very like House of Darion, and it was everyone was in purple. But um, Beyonce, there was mirror accents, and Beyonce had a mirror accent, an oval mirror accent over her chin. Let me tell you something. If there was a place to ever put a Oval mirror accent, it would be over your Fachin. I, I wish, I you know. Also, I feel like Fachin is like, she's a gorgeous vagina. 
And yeah. I'm grown enough to call it a, she had a mirror on, over her vagina. <laughs> exactly. Okay, I'm with Which it. is great. Yeah. I'm going to call it what she is. <laughs> um, so that was cool. But so anyway, so you came up in Houston and then I what did. happened? I did. Oh my God, because you like went to high school there, junior high. Well, I went to, so we grew up uh, middle class and then my father decided that he wanted to be a DJ and um, like lost everything and like life just went from... Like, oh, nice middle class, you know, immigrant family to like extremely poor, like moving out in the middle of the night so that like the landlord didn't know cable type deal. Um, But luckily, my mother was super, super strong and was amazing. And a part of like my drive comes from watching that, watching the decline in the fall and seeing my mother just build us back up. Um, Also, during that time, my father was really abusive to my mom. So like. He'd be knocking her around, and it just was, like, a very toxic time. And since I was the only boy, I kind of was seeing all of it. I'm trying not to be depressing, but the reason I say this is because it actually turned – it really made me just so, like, focused. Got to go get it. Got to do it. Got to be open. Got to make life happen. So what So what happened? So he became a DJ, and you guys had to move? We lost everything, basically. We lost the house we were living in. We lost the cars. It was like, you know, because he was an accountant before, and then this doesn't – he was going after his dreams, which I still recommend. But I always say, like, just with me, when I became a father, I left social work, but I still was working in social work enough to support my family, where he just said, forget it. I'm going to be a DJ. And yeah. My stepdad always used to say, like, um, you know, it's fine to ask the universe for things that you want to change, you know, but like to say, like, I want to become a DJ and then you just quit everything. And then like you still have to like pedal the bike. Exactly. You still got to like be hitting up the people to get the job. Like you just can't just like. That's it. You That's exactly pedal. it. You got to pedal the bike. That's yeah, exactly you gotta it. Pedal. And that was the problem. He just decided we're done now. I'm going to go after Did this. you move out of Houston at that point? We did. Well, they got a divorce because of the the abuse and uh-huh. the the. Um, uh, the fact that we had lost everything. And good on her. Yeah, she was like, I got to go. Uh-huh. Um, but the problem was is that when she said she had to go, my father was like, "You, he has to come live with me because I was the only boy and he didn't want me to. And I'm the youngest. My oldest sister had just left to college. And he was like, you have to come with me. So I packed up from Texas and moved to Parkland, Florida, where I went from ninth to 12th grade. And because that because he was went there to become a DJ or whatever. Yep, he went there because Miami was like a bustling place, and for it's a big, vibrant Caribbean community in Miami. Jamaicans and Parkland's just like a it's like, like a suburb of there. So we it's like a very affluent suburb. But he got an apartment. This is where I will give him his credit. Um, is he was very strategic in the place he found me because he was like it's the best school. So he found like the cheapest apartment. That I could still be zoned to that school. Oh, that's cute. Yes. So he was and, he, up and, he, and he always did that. Even when, like, things were going down, he would find little ways to make sure that we were protected enough. Like, okay, we're going to make sure that even though we're moving, if we have to go stay in a hotel, which we did for a little bit, like, the hotel still zoned us to the school so that I could still get my bus. Like, it's messed up in a way, but it also was like— Kind of sweet. It's kind of sweet. It's yeah. like one of those, like, you know? Yeah. Um. So, yes. Yeah, so, we moved to Parkland, Florida. Which overlaps, every, like, you. so you went to that high school. Yeah, where the, yeah, um, where the shooting recently happened. Yeah. Which was crazy. And, you know, for the fact that, you know, that school is named after um, an activist, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. She saved the Everglades. And a lot of people don't know is that what they teach us as students at that school is how to be activists. That's why, as you know me personally, I've been an activist before this TV yeah. stuff. It's always like, what issue am I passionate about? How can we talk about it? How can we support it? How can we help people to get involved? And that 
was the training I got at that school. So when the shooting happened, I wasn't surprised that these students were like, enough is enough, because it's ingrained in you from the first period of your first day of ninth grade to be an activist. That's amazing. I know. Those kids have been so, well, they're not even kids, those people have been so, um, you know, inspiring to watch. And I'm, I don't think excited is the right word, but I'm like, anticipating great things from their future. Completely. Yeah. I will tell you this, though, that two things really quickly. Um, One is uh, the kids. I was looking on their social medias and talking to them during the march, and a lot of them are being harassed by people. It's like so – Disgusting! How yeah. people are attacking children who are speaking up, and I, I, I think people don't realize that these are kids, and that they should like take a moment to check themselves and say, "Would I want someone speaking to my child about this way?" Well, you know what I mean? I'm not advocating for the people that are saying bad things, but it's this is like a disinformation campaign from the NRA that oh, is like oh. such a crazy. I mean, all those people are like gun yielding. Cra- I mean, not all of them because you can't generalize, but the people that are picking on people from like Stoneman Douglas and like the Parkland surviving children is like are obviously being fed this thing of like from the NRA that like you're a bunch of crazy liberals and you're going to take our guns and blah, blah, blah. And actually, I really want to do a podcast with a constitutional scholar about the Second Amendment because I was just reading her the other day and it's essentially something about how like it was meant for like when we were 13 colonies to make sure that like Georgia or like South America didn't get or South Carolina, not America. But it was made so that like you wouldn't have a local militia like overthrow the government. Can I hold on? Can we just take a moment? Because you couldn't see me going up. My, the, if you heard a little finger snap, that's me. Because first of all, you're so correct, which is why I just love you. Because you're so smart, and that's the type of information people need. Because it's been diluted, and and so people get this like misconception, and it's like go back to the source of what this was about. Yeah, because it's it's very taken out of context. Very taken out of context. As far as like the rights shouldn't be infringed upon, but I don't think that you can equate owning an AK-47 to the right to bear arms in the way that the Second Amendment is written. Exactly. But I really do want to get like a lawyer and a constitutional scholar uh, winking to Colin on my left right here, our gorgeous <laughs> producer. So, but anyway, yeah. so you graduated from there mm-hmm. and then you were like, um, well, I feel like not to like skate out of talking about Parkland like that, like maybe yeah. like gorgeous moment of silence no, or no, something. No, no, yeah, no. Well, well, the thing is, the, the moment of silence is, it's, it's that's exactly what they don't. Oh yeah, they you don't. Know, they, want it's that. like no Jesus silence. Sean, it's no, no fucking silence. silence. Yeah, we're no talking. silence. We're talking about yes, it. You I know mean. what I mean? But through talking about it, we're elevating those lives that were lost and saying, you know what? Never again. And so that's the beauty of what's happening right now, which I think is very special. The other point I was going to make about when interacting with the students is that a lot of them have been thrust into fame, and you know my background in social work. I, I feel being around them, I realize that they need more people around them. The parents are doing an extremely amazing job. Just more support. More support. More support. Yeah. I was just like, I was at the CNN building and kids were doing interviews and I was like, they were being handled by producers, the same type of producers that handle us, but we're adults and we're also not dealing with trauma that I was just kept saying to myself, who is supporting these kids just on that next level to help them? You just watched your friends die a matter of six weeks ago in front of you. You're being forced to go back to that school, yet no one is giving you the trauma therapy you need and supporting you, especially as you're telling your story over and over again, re-triggering yourself. And so I just would, you know, any of your viewers that are listening, send love, send support to these kids, but also, you know, if you tweet in a very positive way because the parents are doing the best job they can encourage that these kids get more support that's more so what i want to do cute yeah love you know yeah because everybody just needs more support exactly all of us so um so you graduated from there and then you're like minding your own business and then like bam you're on the real world (laughs) right Uh, kinda um i escaped my father's house because by then i was fully out and it became 
horrible. He, we, oh, we, well, we can't skate over that. Yes. I came out at 15, 16. Um, and when I came out, it was like. So in high school. In high school. Me too, honey. We're I, so gay. Well, honey, that's I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, we said already, like, because I played sports and you were a cheerleader, that we would have been the cute couple. Oh, We'd have been prom king and queen. I just want to let you know. If you would have effed me in high school, I would have been, like, beside myself. Yeah. Also, I probably would have, like, I bet, I feel like I would have got, like, so strung out. You would have been so strung out. You, like, I would have been, like, on your front. Oh, my God, we have to take a break. It's in 15 minutes. Maybe that was a good time for a break. <laughs> you're so smart. Um, so that was gorgeous. I will be right back with more Getting Curious and more with Gorgeous Cromo right after this. Summertime is coming and everyone knows it's time to plan a gorgeous vacation. Where are you going? What you doing? Are you taking a lot of friends? Well, if you are taking a lot of friends or if you just want to experience the city that you're going to in a more local, yokel way like I do a lot of times. You know, one thing about renting houses for a vacation with a lot of friends, it's so nice because you can get a little bit more room in the bathroom. Like not everyone is crammed into one bathroom. I went to a vacation rental for my birthday last year and it was the first time that I really felt like a gorgeous adult with my friends on vacation. Like, I had a seamless, really big bathtub in my bathroom that I could enjoy. There was, like, not people in my space. And it's nice when you go on vacation with friends to still kind of have the community but your own space. Like, I don't want to have to babysit for other people and, like, clean up after them in my little baby bedroom when I'm minding my own business on a vacation. So vacation rentals really are great because everyone can be together, but you can kind of— Go and check yourself out into your own little room if you need to, uh, and then come back out in the family room when everyone's like, you know, being cute and fun. So I love that moment. Get a house for you and your friends and just have like a cute little vacation moment. Tripping.com is the place to go. You don't have to worry about visiting 10,000 different places and going on Facebook and being like, anyone got a house or going on that one side and then being like, wait, but what about that other side, honey? You don't have to because Tripping.com does all of that for you. Vacation rentals offer the most. It's more privacy, more space for everyone, more moments to just experience a city like you actually live there, which is so cute. It's just hotels are great, but vacation rental is just a different experience. It's a little cuter. It's a little more fun. It's a little bit more like authentic. Am I right? Best of all, the thing about Tripping.com that's super major is that on average, the rates are 80% less than traditional hotel rooms. That is 80% less, honey. Did you hear me right? Let's say it again. 80% less on average than a normal hotel room. I love that story. So this year, save time and save some money when you book your vacation home of your dreams at tripping.com slash JVN. That's T-R-I-P-P-I-N-G dot com slash JVN. One more time, honey. If you did not hear it, get out your pen and paper, pull your car over. Don't crash. Pull it over. You got to write this down, honey. T-R-I. P-P-I-N-G dot com slash J-V-N and find your perfect vacation rental. Tripping.com slash J-V-N. Welcome back to Getting Curious. This is Jonathan Van Ness. We have gorgeous Carmo Brown. We are just catching up in his gorgeous life, seeing more about where he's from. Um, but basically, we were just saying that I would have... Uh, basically been Ali Larder in that movie with Beyonce <laughs> and her husband if if I had been your high school boyfriend. Yeah. Um I oh my god wouldn't that be fierce if there was a gay remake of that? But it was like a la high school and like and like basically like yes. who would be your gorgeous man of color new boyfriend who would have to kill me? Ooh. Who would be Beyonce in that movie? Michael B. Jordan, because he is fine as hell. Oh my gosh. And then basically, like, I was, like, your ex-serious partner, like, yes. in jun- when we were juniors or yeah. whatever, but then it didn't work out. And, and, then, and then Michael B. Jordan was, like, the new person. And honestly, 
I have to say, I think I'd be a great. I would kill him. But this is the thing. How, How dare someone uh, come in here? What is the thing? You know what? The roles would be reversed because out of the two of us, I'm more the clingy Scorpio. No, and you're, you're more, not. You're more cut off. You're like, when you're done, you're done. Not if you had been my boyfriend, honey. Aww. Oh, no, no, no. I would have. No, 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 no. Is it no, weird no. that I just said all to like no, a psycho no, like no, I'd stalk no, you no. moment? I would, I would have come unglued. For you to make me so complete as a 17-year-old, just so realized in my full glory of like a grown-ass woman with my man. And have all those gorgeous prom pictures and okay. shit. And then to have you leave me like that, I could kill you just thinking about it. Fuck Michael B. Jordan, I would kill him, I'd kill you. Leave me like that. So, but anyways, you came out in high school. I did. And which, it, that, honestly, we would have been boyfriends. That turned we me out been. so hardcore. Because I was looking for the gay so kid open. in my school. Because I was like, who am I supposed to date? And oh, like, honey, I don't let you chat that so hard. Oh, baby, we'd have oh been a mess. Oh, my God, honey. That's uh, so, <laughs> so, um came out. It was hard because being from a Caribbean family, mm. you know, um, his dream as an immigrant was to come here and to give us the best life. And his life did a best life did not include being gay. And he couldn't reconcile the destructive constructs of religion with his relationship with me. And that was a very hard thing. So we would go through times in the house where well, three weeks would pass and he wouldn't talk to me. Well, that does not surprise me. I mean, Jamaica is constantly on that list of, like, the top five countries that are, like, the most unaccepting of LGBT people. They have, like, some of the highest rates of um, hate crimes they have. Mm-hmm. Um, that is hard. And I think that, that is a very um, difficult burden to bear for you, I would I would think. It truly was. But the thing – and not to keep on making it seem like there's lessons out of everything, but there were for me. It, it When I became a father, it helped me to realize that if I have an issue with my child – it's communication, never silence, never silence. I will say on the opposite side, in my personal life, I'm one of those people that when I feel wronged, I go silent on per- a person. Like I just go silent and mean. And I, when I do that, I see my father. So when I see that in myself, it's always a constant thing that I have to work on because you don't realize that that behavior as a child is learned and it sticks with you and it's a constant fight for me. Well – because, you know, I mean, homophobia is something that, I mean, I, it's not like all Jamaican people, but I, I think it really it's like in the Caribbean. Yeah. Isn't it kind of more white? It's like, it's like in your experience, have, like, especially since Queer Eyes come out, have you felt any blowback from that part? Or have you felt, or have you had anyone like be really like supportive as a result of your Jamaican heritage or yeah. any negative stuff? Well, as you already know, like African and Caribbean countries usually have a high amount of homophobia because of the colonization, you know, yeah. like white came in with Christianity and we're like, these are our rules and this is how we're going to do this. A lot of those places, African countries actually um, supported homosexuality until they got colonized and Christianity came in. And so these are just, you know, these things are learned behaviors for them as well of like, okay, we're going to adapt this sort of way of life. And, you know, what always surprised me, a little small tangent, is that even though I am a Christian, I do believe in God, I, I don't necessarily take every account of the Bible because I understand that the Bible has been used historically to keep African-Americans in slavery, in bondage. And the same thing when you come to the Bible, I'm always like, uh, so it, it, it hurts. It's hard. It makes sense why it's like that. But things are getting better. Um, the prime minister of Jamaica just um, supported like two years ago or three years ago the first prides there. There was no violence at the prides. Um, they're trying to do more with like the transgender community there. Um, they're working with the UN finally. It's, it's slow, very slow. But, you know, there's conversations. So things are moving. And that's, you know, what is great about it. 
Yay. Um, <laughs> I don't know, right? Small yeah. movement. I mean, but also like in Granada, like they just like undid, um, I think it was Granada, but they just like undid gay marriage and made it like civil partnership again and like took away a lot of like the same rights that are afforded. Right. It's like, in, but you know, whatever. I mean, homophobia, she's like a thing. She's a bit, she's here to stay. We're going to have to keep working on her. I don't think she's here to stay. I think it's just going to be more, it's like we have to break down these systems. Not to quote lines from um, the real world, but don't you remember Melissa in New Orleans when yes. they were talking? about racism and she was like ignorance is here to stay and she bounced her little hand on the table like yes. that if you're gonna I, quote a real world you better be quoting my real world okay. i can't even believe you quoted melissa from new orleans and i'm in front of you like i'm so hurt right now don't act like you think that i, I watch I mean, I think, and, and like and unfortunately hold on did you ever see my season of real world no the only thing i ever saw in your season was when you that i literally only saw the one episode when it was on uh-huh. like when it was on yeah. like in the time i was 17 i was very much in college Sorry. No worries. Uh, listen, I had just gotten out of college. We're not, that much so we're, we're not that much further. We're not that much. There's a six-year difference between us. I'm so young. <laughs> um, but when I was so young, um, when you were um, already on TV, um, just kidding. No, I'm just no, kidding. I know you are. You know, baby. I want to smack your dick on my face. And, and, and we had to come. Oh, no, we can keep that. That's cute. That's cute. That's cute. I can't help this. Um, this is an authentic podcast. Um, so, uh, <laughs> um, uh, oh, yeah, but with that, the gun episode was the only thing I ever saw. Oh, yeah. And not even because, like, I tried to. It was just like on TV, and I was like, this is messed up like, oh that's my the god only thing i remember thinking was like this is so messed up the funny part is is that i get these tweets and they're like from people who knew me from real world and who watch queer eye as well and they're like can you stop having cop moments on tv because like on the real world basically my roommates and i were in a club and all these cops surrounded me and were like we got an anonymous tip that you have a gun and like they basically wanted to arrest me and throw me out and luckily i knew my rights and were able to get out of it and my roommates and i had a big thing because they were like it could have happened to anyone and i was like it happened to me the only black guy in an all-white club yeah and then with queer eye when we got signed by Corey and, you know, that his nominator, they were like, can can you stop attracting police officers? But the difference is, is that the first time around, I didn't know how to handle that conversation. And also I didn't have the support that I had from you all as the Fab Five, where now the what we did on our show, High Five, Jonathan, we like opened up so many eyes and it just makes me so proud. Good. So proud. So proud. Um, but that was like, that was the only episode of, because uh, your season was the, the I, I did a lot of like getting out the shower scenes all the time. Oh, I bet you did. Honey, you oh, love that honey, moment. Honey, you know I you do. You love that moment. I love it. Um, but wait, what city was it? Philadelphia. The city Duh. of brotherly love. The city of brotherly love. And because um, I've, I've told you this before that I, my last season that I was obsessed with mm-hmm. was uh, Vegas. I loved me all some Trishelle. Oh my gosh. I still love Trishelle. I love me some Trishelle. Have you seen her recently? No. She's getting prettier. I love that. My grandma was like that. She never did a thing to her face, I swear to God. And she just got cuter and cuter and cuter. Isn't that crazy how, like, people age backwards? I'm one of those people. I'm aging backwards because I look older when I was on Real World than I do now. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Well, you know, we're always just getting better. Amen. All things are getting better. How was (laughs) that experience for you, the real world from beginning to end? Like, was it – was it – what how like how in your book like what would you say about her so when i was on the real world it was probably one of the worst experiences of my life but after because i felt alone i felt isolated i had been stripped out of what i knew to be true and was being challenged consistently by people that i didn't wasn't ready to be challenged by and i was challenging them as well but we were too young and the thing is, is that there was no one there to help us navigate these conversations so instead of having talks we were a reality show we were just blowing up it was like someone said race someone said slut shame anything and we instead of being like 
let's talk through this. It was like, blah, 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 fuck you. And, you know, um, it was hard. But the minute I got the show and was able to watch myself at the age of 23 and see how I behaved, it was mind-blowing. And I would recommend every person to have someone follow you around for three months to show you how you act. And I promise you, you'll change for the better. Because it's one thing for someone to say to you, this is how I received what you said, or this is how you reacted. But to actually watch it back (laughs) is like, oh my gosh. And there's no amount of editing that can't show you exactly what you said. And then let you see how it affected someone else. It was, it was amazing. So on the show, couldn't stand it. After the show, most thing I was most thankful for. Very many lessons. And then, you know, you did like, you kind of really like triple axle and landed it. Yes, like, honey. From a real world moment. Yes, honey. Like high relevance. Yeah. Yeah, like you couldn't help it that you were like, because tell me my favorite thing about your career pre Queer Eye post real world. Uh, don't act like you don't know. <laughs> I had a second chances. No. Did you call it that? That's I know I call it that, but I don't. I don't like that's the only thing you ever talk about. Okay, first of all, like I could honestly smack you in the face for that because, like, do I make fun of that show? Yes, all the time. Yes, and I love it. Um, because I didn't understand like what hashtag Ida Second Chances was, <laughs> nor do I think uh, a lot of people did because it's hard <laughs> to understand what that is. And if MTV wants to take that note, you know, maybe they'll think of cuter hashtags. Don't worry, time. they've already canceled it, so no one needs to worry about Ew. that show. Yeah. This is the show that I hosted um, right before I got Queer Eye. And, and it was called Are You the One? Yes, but Second Chances. But their hashtag chances. was I to Second Chances, and I just felt like that was very weird. <laughs> I did love the show. And it was a great show. show. Yeah, but I, they, my series, it's no That's longer. That's so rude of me. No, it's um, not. But, what, but the my, my personal highlight for your career pre-Queer Eye and post-Real World was obviously your time at OWN. Oh, yes, with Mama Oprah. Yeah, like yes. that would be something that I would be really <laughs> yes, touting with right. over I had a second chance. <laughs> um, not to throw shit, you know. No, 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 shade, no shade, no shade, honey, no shade. But yeah, but uh, own honey. Yes, yeah, so after the real world and having a life of drugs and partying and just being destructive, I found out I was a father and decided to leave the industry. And then four years ago, I decided to come back to the industry. And I don't know if you know this. The only reason I got back into the industry is because my youngest son, Chris, who you know, was writing a paper about living your dreams. And he asked me if I was living my dream. And I was like, either I can lie and say yes or say no. But if I said no, I had to model the proper behavior. So I said no. And he was like, well, what are you going to do about it? And I made a plan at that point, unlike my father, um, an eight-month plan to quit my job, save money, and go after my dreams. And my first job out was hired by Oprah. (sighs) Cute. Yes. So all this like feely, touchy, making people cry. Honey, Oprah taught me that. I love that. Yes. We're just like touching into people's vulnerability. Baby, that's what it's all about. I'm all about, well, I mean, I love Brene Brown. I obviously like quote her all the time. Mm -hmm. I like read all of, I'm obsessed with her. She's amazing. Have you ever seen my interviews with her? No. I'm going to have to give you clips. You told me a little bit about it and I was really intrigued. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But that was the beginning. Can I tell you this quick story about mm -hmm. that? When I auditioned for that, they only wanted a white man and two women of color. That's oh. what, like, what was their demographic. You know what I mean? We're like, it's fine. You know, sometimes, you know, it's not, it wasn't like they only wanted all white or all African-American. They were trying to. Yeah, I get it. You know, um, but I was like, they are only saying that because they haven't seen me. So I crashed the audition and was the only brother in there and got the job. Cute. Yeah. 
Sometimes it's just like, it's better to ask forgiveness. That's exactly it. It was yeah. like, and especially when you know in your heart, this is your dream. You can't be afraid of no. And that's what I learned from that experience. Like I went there and they said no. And I said, I'm going to come back because I was like, I know if the right person has an opportunity to see me that I'll get the job. And I, you know, not doing anything too aggressive or anything, but just saying like, I'm here. And if you have an opportunity to see me, I'm going to see me. And the girl was like, fine, come on. And you know, shout out to Kirith Lemon for doing that for me. Thank you. And Cute. I got the job. We love her. Mm-hmm. I would say that is very true, especially like if I think of like every time um, that I like had like, I mean, I think any actor or any person who has to audition for things, it's like there's so many times where I was like, oh, my God, I guess it's not going to happen or that show isn't going to happen or whatever. Like, and if you would have ever said no, like then wherever you got now, like wouldn't have happened because you would have said no. Amen. So Amen. then you have to say yes. But then also it's like that tricky thing of like. I'm fucking tired. Like, I don't want to go to that fucking thing. You know, but I think there's a difference between, like, self-care and boundaries and saying no to, like, engagements versus, like, you know, pushing yourself to, like, go, like, chase your dreams. Yes. Completely. And that's the thing. If you really want it, you got to show up for yourself. That's the first thing. Um, Monsieur Karamo Brown, mm-hmm. what, so it's been 30 minutes. That's usually when we start to wrap up our— It's been 30 minutes already? Yep. See, this is the problem with you and I, because I actually love you, is that— I can have an organic conversation with you for four hours and it feels like one minute. 30 minutes? Are you kidding? I'm like, you were off on that entire analogy because it wasn't four hours or a minute. It was just 30 minutes. I'm saying, but it felt like. But I feel like you overshot it and you undershot it. You know what I mean? I did. I mean, it was I like, it was like I, but, I maybe, but maybe I did. it did work. Did. It could have worked. It could have. Or no, maybe it did and I didn't get it. No, it didn't work. It didn't. Maybe it, it did and I didn't get <laughs> no, it. No, it didn't work Maybe what happened was is it did and I didn't get it. No, it I did. think it did. Okay. Right. But what do you think that, what are the kids, what do you want them to know? I mean, it's, she's getting curious. We're here. Yes. Like, what do you feel? Um, I, you know. Was I, there a question I didn't ask you that I should have? Hmm. No, we covered a lot. Like, we were like this, honey. We were like this. You can't keep them waiting for answers. Listen, we cannot. You got to go for it. Um, There's nothing, you know, I just, what I just, first of all, I want to say congratulations to you. This is amazing. And I'm so proud of you. And I tune in. I love it. And I'm just so glad the world is seeing the Jonathan that we fell in love with. Do you guys want to know a little story about getting curious? Yes. So I'm just going to leave this little nook and cranny here because this is how I roll. Um, Little known fact about getting curious. She was canceled off of the network that she used to be on, which I've never responded to publicly. I never, they did, I didn't. I never made a mention of it because I was like, I don't do negativity. It's not my thing. It's not on brand for me. Mm -hmm. So it it was canceled from where she used to be. And that was, it was canceled the day before I found out I booked Queer Eye. And I said to myself, well, this is something I've really loved doing. I've done it relatively alone. And I could stop doing it and leave it where she was. Unfortunately, it's something I'm really passionate about and I love to learn. And so I'm just going to keep doing it, even if like 11 people listen to her. Listen. And now she's got the number two. She's got, she had a podcast. She was number two on the good. Yes! So sometimes. Oh, it's going about to be number one. Are you kidding me? So sometimes you do have to like chase your Julia Roberts moment. Thank you. It's what we just said. You know what? I would want to make sure that people know that they should get curious about their own lives. And go after those dreams. We just gave you two prime examples. You, them getting, trying to get rid of this show, all of this. And we said, not today. Not today, Satan. I said, I don't need a man to make me feel good. I get up. That doesn't really apply here, but I do love that Pussycat Doll song. <laughs> I really do. I thought you were going to go into Beyonce. Can we go out to a Beyonce song? We always go out to my signature song, which is this really cute song called Freak by Quinn. I know. Thank you so much to her for letting us use it. Yes. Um, I always say that. Too. I just went into my autopilot. But Carmel, I love you so much. Thanks for coming. I love you more. Thank you. 
You've been listening to Getting Curious with me, Jonathan Van Ness, and my guest this week was Karamo Brown. You'll find links to Karamo's socials on whatever machine you're listening to this show on. Follow me on Instagram at JVN. Our theme music is Freak by Quinn. Thank you so much for letting us use it, my love. It really is so gorgeous. Um, and also, if you enjoyed the show, please tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your sister, tell your boss, tell your kid's principal. Uh, who else could you tell? You could tell a stranger. You could tell someone at Starbucks. You can put it on your Insta stories. I love it when y'all be putting it on your Insta stories, honestly. I do. I, I do. I love it. Tag it. Hashtag it. Getting curious. See you next time. Love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>